Good evening, filthy fast friends. I hope that you've been staying warm um, on this particularly chilly January day. Um, this month started out fairly mild and it is suddenly taking a turn on me. I don't really love it, if I'll be honest. I like, I like the mild winters. I would love winter if it was mild because there's no bugs. And I am cheap when it comes to fly spray. <laughs> I know that this is now the third podcast I've made kind of back to back to back and I never really planned on that being a regular thing but um, as I've been going I've just had more stuff popping up in my head throughout the day that I thought um, would be relevant or fun more fun to talk about. My goal in doing this has been fun right from the beginning and I, and I want to keep it that way. This is just um, for me as much as for anyone else if not more. I'm a selfish selfish person in that sense. Um, anyway, I was cleaning stalls this morning and when I'm not listening to podcasts, I just, I like to hear nothing occasionally. I I do love listening to audiobooks, podcasts. Sometimes I'll listen to music. Not, not that often, but, um, anyway, as I was cleaning this stall, this movie popped into my head, this scene from this movie. And I don't know if any of you have ever seen it. Maybe I just sound like I'm a crazy person, but Legally Blonde 2, the second one specifically, when Reese Witherspoon's character L is attempting to abolish cosmetic testing on animals. So she's before the house, she's trying to convince them that it's inhumane, but the argument that she presents them with is that what if you owed that extra spring in your step from finding the perfect shade of lipstick? to him and then she pulls her tiny dog out of her purse which is hysterical but I'm, I'm not taking this in the animal activist direction which is probably what it sounds like but I just started giggling when I thought about that that spring in your step and it's so true when your makeup is on point you get that smoky eye like down pat you have a banging outfit on you know you look good tell me how good you feel when you leave the house. I know for my own experience, if I leave the house in jeans and a t-shirt or a hoodie, like I do probably almost every single day, I don't really feel one way or another specifically because I'm so used to doing that. But when I do get the chance to go all out or even on a particular day, if I decide to do my makeup, um, there is definitely that extra, that extra spring in my step that Reese's character talked about, and that's kind of the giggle I got out of it. Um, I'm hesitant to call it confidence. I guess in a way it is a form of confidence because it's, it's such a simple thing that, and it seems silly that you could get your confidence from something like that when your mind is such a powerful tool, but, um, that's something that I would like to get into a later date from a book that I read called Psycho-Cybernetics, and that's, that's a whole other topic, but that, I got thinking about the things that we do in our day-to-day that give us that extra spring in our step, you know, whether it's at the office or um, you're at the barn or, you know, at a jackpot, and of course, because my brain works the way that it does, I started thinking to myself, what what could I do? What do we do as human beings, as barrel racers, before, you know, a jackpot or a run that adds that extra spring in your step, that gives you that mental edge? 
Um, and I'm not wrapping this around to superstitions. I, I don't, I'm not the type of girl that's refusing to wear yellow that won't compete with money in my pocket or will flip out if there's a hat on my bed. I think those are silly, silly superstitions. And I think the less superstitions you have, probably the happier and more well-adjusted you'll be because there's going to be a lot more adverse conditions to compete in than just that you're wearing the wrong color that day. So I started compiling a list in my head of things that give me a mental edge. And I think that these are all things that we could do. And maybe my list will be different from yours. Actually, I'm sure it will. Um, because we don't all like the same things. I really love matching colors. I love crisp boots. I love when a horse is well-groomed and turned out. My tack is clean. It's well-fitted. Like, I'm not... I don't have a oversized breast collar and head stall on... Um, especially if it's a horse that's kind of dainty, like my mare. She's a very feminine-looking filly, so I try to keep feminine colors and uh, feminine-sized tack on her. I, I'm not really sure how else to describe it, but I just don't like the too-much gene that we have in North America. <laughs> too much of everything. Um, and, of course, I like fitted shirts that match whatever my horse is wearing that day. Um, I like clean hat. I like starch jeans. When I see a girl show up and she's turned out like that and her horse is fit, and clean and you know trimmed up and clipped and she's you know if she's got makeup on and whatever like I think like oh my goodness like in just walked like Halle Berry or <laughs> that is star power to me like the girls that if you're at the NFR and you're trying to win you know the Jerry Ann Taylor award obviously there's a money incentive involved there too but also being in Vegas on TV you want to look your best so I remember, I think it was back in the early thousands, like, I want to say, maybe when I noticed it was 2007, and I, I can't remember the name of it, I think it was, was it Liz Pinkston was her name? It was a Pinkston, I can't remember her first name, I'd have to go back and look, and I remember that whole NFR, every time she stepped out into the alley, like, her shirts were fitted, like, everything just looked so good, her tack was on point, like, it was just, I was like, yep, that girl. <laughs> That girl is Angelina Jolie tonight. That girl is Jen Aniston in my brain. But um, when I show up somewhere and I feel like I've put in the effort of looking good, I know that I go in there and I feel a little more mentally prepared to perform. And obviously we need to train our brain to be able to perform in less than advantageous conditions. You know, there's going to be days when you're maybe you're running late, you're rushed, your, you know, your horse is kind of a hot mess when you pull it out of the trailer. You still need to be able to go in there and turn that side of your brain off and make the run that you would make regardless if you had the time that day to feel like you were put together or not. But I think it's important in the longevity of competing and just for ourselves as barrel racers, you know, we spend a lot of money to do this. Why wouldn't you give yourself every single opportunity to be prepared to perform at your maximum potential. That's my opinion completely, and I would love to hear more discussion on that from you guys. Um, I also feel that being organized, knowing where everything is, having all of your tack in your trailer, I was notoriously, 
I don't know how to say forgetful, but disorganized when I was a kid. I'm, I'm still probably not the most organized person, but I remember my dad actually, I think it was my dad, maybe it was mom, but one of them made me start making a list before we'd leave Forever Rodeo because I would inevitably forget something. <laughs> it was just becoming a horrible habit. So I started doing that um, for every trip actually, and it, was, it wasn't even just tack anymore, it was anything that I could think of that I possibly needed, I would make a list. And that actually gave me so much more from a young age that that was something that I used to feel ready and also just content when I got there. There wasn't that anxiety knowing that everything was good. I was going to get there. You're going to get there on time. I was going to have what I needed to go out there and warm up my horse and go and make the run that I needed to that day. So. I think being organized and being timely is a huge part of that. So beyond the aesthetics, I definitely don't want people to feel like they have to have a expensive top of the line tax set or, you know, Sephora makeup or anything like that. Um, that's not even a plug. I don't, I've never worn Sephora <laughs> other than I think my girlfriend Bryden one time we went to a pro rodeo together and she put makeup on me that day because I'd actually forgotten my makeup bag somewhere. <laughs> And she loves her support, and I actually do really like it. But anyway, I'm getting I'm getting sidetracked. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, and obviously again, like my, what I'm appeal. What I, oh, sorry, that sounded silly. What I'm attracted to, what is appealing to me, is not appealing to everyone. I mean, I'm not really into super loud and flashy. I'm not, I'm not Fallon. I'm not, you know, I'm not Johnny Cash either. Like <laughs> I don't want to wear just straight black. I like colors. But um, you just have to find, I think, what is going to give you that mental edge. Because when you feel good, you look good. And when you look good, you feel good. And that's beyond just being like, you know, the ideal weight. And I don't want people to get confused and think that I'm running a beauty pageant here. It's, it's not a beauty contest. It, it is a barrel race. But I think that at this point in our sports history, it is our responsibility now, more than ever, to be treated as athletes. And in order to gain the respect and the street credibility from athletes out there who are, you know, whether it's that they're in the gym, they're grinding their butts off, they're eating right, but also that we present ourselves in the way that we were hoping to be taken serious. Not just for a pretty cowgirl Barbie, but what do you do that makes you feel like an athlete? What do you do that makes you feel like the jockey who's going to go out there and lay down a run? And that's my take on that. I mean, you could relate it back to, I mean, I mentioned other sports. So you could definitely relate it to um, fighting. I mean, Nate Diaz, he's a guy that's a savage. Like we talk about people going out there and doing what they have to do to feel ready. Um, and I mean, in fighting, that's that's even one step further you're literally hopping into a cage they're closing it behind you and you are going man to man unarmed combat <laughs> one dude walks out so you better believe that they got to do whatever they have to do to go in there and feel prepared to go to war with this other person so Nate is notoriously <laughs> kind of a hood rat I don't know what else to call him but talks crap won't touch gloves and um, we all remember the infamous kick heard around the world when Holly Holm 
was a huge underdog and knocked Ronda Rousey right off of her throne that night. And, and it shocked everyone. And if you got to watch the weigh-ins, they were fairly intense, emotional, and heated. And Ronda, the next day, right before, you know, the fight starts, they're given the chance to touch gloves. Ronda didn't touch gloves. So that was something that she got a lot of flack over. And while I'm not a personal fan of that attitude, um, I think it's important to show sportsmanship no matter what it is, no matter what the cost is. Like, you know, in the barrel race, the warm-up pen, for heaven's sake, at least nod at people, smile at people, be courteous (laughs) at the very least. But anyway, Rhonda, having not touched gloves, you know, there was all these tweets at her the next day, like, that's what you get for not touching gloves, and yada 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 like bad attitude not a nice person what she did there while you don't have to like it I mean I didn't but what she did was what she had to do to feel like she could go in there and go to war with this other girl so that's how I looked at it and you have to respect that at the very least while we are not getting in there to fight anyone we are steering a rather large animal (laughs) at a rather large capacity of speed around three barrels and we've put in time effort money and I think now it's our it's our job to present ourselves as athletes and also to give ourselves that chance to go in there and be as competitive as possible so I think maybe now I'm just starting to ramble but I enjoyed this I definitely turned it over in my head for a while today if you're looking for more content you can hit me up um on my website at filthyfast.wordpress.com. I run a blog there and I have several horses listed for sale. If you would like to see any videos on YouTube, look up the username, which is also Filthy Fast. There is also some drills there that I like to use in my day-to-day. So you can check those out if you'd like. Leave a comment. Um, I don't even care if it's critical. Girl, you talk crap on me all day. It's fine. I love some controversy. (laughs) Um, And if you'd like your horses listed, I can certainly link the YouTube video to my website page. Um, Any other questions, you can email me at filthyfast1 at gmail.com. That's number one. And I love Instagram. It's probably my favorite platform. I know I'm on Facebook a lot, but Instagram is far and above my favorite. My username is Naomi Jolene. And... um, You will definitely see a ton of photos of horses and probably my nieces and nephews because they're so cute. I just can't help it. But anyway, you guys have a great night. Thank you so much for hanging in there with this one. I know I was rambling, but um, it meant a lot to me to get that out of my brain today. (laughs) Have a good night, guys.